Good morning. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us today. This is Driven to the Cross radio broadcast. It's part of Christ Covenant Church in McAllen, Texas. And I am Dr. Alfred Fisher. And I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to speak with you this morning. And I hope that you are blessed and edified in our message. But let us begin with prayer. Our most gracious and eternal Father, Almighty God, we come to you today. And we thank you for the opportunity to share this time together, to have this precious thing that never comes back, and that is time. Lord, I pray that it is invested wisely and that the people who hear the words today will be encouraged, will be edified, will draw closer to you, and will gain a deeper understanding of who you are. Lord, I thank you that we have the privilege here at Christ Covenant Church to proclaim your gospel openly and give you the glory, honor, and laud in which we are able to do. We know that it is insufficient, but we thank you for accepting our humble sacrifice. Lord, would you be with us this fine day, and may you change souls for you. Amen. Well, before we begin, I want to make sure to invite you to check out our website at ChristCovenantMcAllen.org, as well as our Facebook page, Christ Covenant Macallan. And uh, give us a like. Send us an email. Also, later today, we have our service in person at 10.30. We'd like to invite you to come and fellowship with us. We would love to see you and meet you. And we would love to hear uh, your testimony and how God is moving in your life. One of the things that I have run across here lately and being a a pastor in the times that we are, is that of fear, apprehension, anxiety. Does that sound familiar? Are you nervous about things? Are you anxious for anything? Are you concerned that there might be a resurgence of COVID-19? Are you concerned about your income? Are you concerned? Are you worried about where you're at? Well, you can turn off the news and that might help a little bit, but I want to express something to you. We serve a living God. We serve the God who is risen from the grave and ascended to the Father. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And one of the blessings of this is that we know because of the Bible what the Word tells us that we are to be anxious for nothing. We are to have no fear. Now, when I say no fear, I don't want you to think that I'm talking about being afraid of nothing or having uh, no concern for anything. God designed emotion, designed the fear response as a way of preservation for us to avoid danger. But there's also such a thing as irrational fear. And that is fear of not knowing why you are afraid. That is fear of being afraid of everything. Being immobilized by that fear. But there's also a healthy fear. We have the fear of the Lord. We have a fear of things that might cause us bodily harm. 
But one of the things that we don't have fear of today, and that is very unfortunate because we as individuals who profess to follow Jesus Christ should have a fear of the Lord, but we should also fear for our souls. And you know, what do you mean? I'm saved. Well, I'm not talking about the possibility of losing salvation. Don't, don't misunderstand me on that. I'm speaking to you simply about this. We should have a fear of trespassing and going against the will of God. We should desire to be close to God. We should desire to cling to the things of righteousness, to love the things that God loves, to abhor, to despise, to re have a repulsion of the things that cause us to walk away, fall away from Him. And so I want to give you some reasons for this today. I want you to understand that as Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, He is ruling and reigning today. He is has control and authority. God gave Him that. Well, this thing here where it says that He is ruling and reigning, He is seated at the right hand of God the Father, that means a session. Well, let me explain that to you. You see, that's kind of like a legal term. In, in the Greek, it's a word, sesio. And it simply means to be seated or to sit down. Well, a teacher in the time of Christ would be seated when he would begin to speak to his disciples. He would sit down and that would cause people to draw into him but and listen to what they had to say. But also, it's a sign of authority. You see, a session... That's, that session is like court is in session or Congress is in session. It is in place. It is in action. It is going on with an overseer, a judge. So understand, we're going to go and read some scripture here. I'm going to try and explain a few things. But we are beginning a series that you'll be able to hear on the radio, and you'll be able to come and participate and learn in church of the session of Christ. And this is something we're going to take some time on, because if we fully understand that our God reigns, that He is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, it's going to change your perspective and your outlook on life and on what it is you are to be doing as a Christian. So a session has several parts, and we're going to get to that as it begins to unfold. But I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. And that is, we're going to start in chapter 1, and we're going to read the first 11 verses of this chapter, and we'll see where we go from there. But hear me on this. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, my friends, this is Dr. Luke. And he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote Acts. He was a companion of Paul. And so he's writing this after the time of, of penning the Gospel. And now listen to what he says. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he thought through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen 
to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now this is important. Pay attention to that because he's giving instruction about the work that the apostles are to be doing, the disciples, those who are following him, pertaining to the work of the kingdom. Well, why would he do that? Because he's getting ready to be seated at the right hand, and so he is getting ready to rule and reign. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now there's something I want you to understand here. This is the ascension. This is the ascension of Christ being taken up after his resurrection, the 40 days that he spent teaching and guiding and witnessing with the apostles, with his disciples. Now he's being taken up. But there's something here right before that. And I don't know if you caught it, but I want you to hear this. I want you to, to notice what Christ did. And look at, go back and look at verse 6 if you have your Bible. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And notice his response. Notice what he says to them. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So if we stop there, you'd say, oh, he's rebuking them. And he's saying, mind your business. No, no, no. He's, this is a redirect. This is a, a, an attempt for him to say, focus on what it is I'm telling you. Don't get sidetracked. You see, many of us today, we get sidetracked with everything because we want more information that we think is important. Rather than listening to what the teacher has to say. Now, mind you, it is good to ask questions. It is good. It is a learning process. That's how we gather information. But we as individuals have a tendency to run rabbit trails. And Christ is trying to keep them on track. And he says, he reminds them of what it is that he told them. But ye shall receive power 
after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And after you've received that power, then he says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Well, my friends, he's saying you have to wait. Listen, remember what I told you earlier. You're not to leave Jerusalem until you have received the power. After you have received the power, then you're going to become a witness. Well, what are they to do with that? Go back, if you will, into Matthew. And I want to read to you the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28, just so you're aware of it. I don't want to do a big sidetrack and get into all of this, because I don't want to run away from our session of Christ. But now listen to the Great Commission. Chapter 28 of Matthew, going to verse 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had, appeared, had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, my friends, think about, listen critically to the words that I had read to you. Notice in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he gives a directive. Well, let me ask you a question. If he did not have the authority, if he was not set to rule and reign, how could he direct and give this command for his disciples to go forth and fulfill the basic tenet that we as Christians today fail to do? If you have no authority, you have no right, no right to demand it or to command it. Now, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to go to chapter 24. And we are going to turn, look at verses 44 to 53. And I want you to see something here, if you will. Luke 24, verses 44 to 53. Now, hear me on this. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That in itself is important for the spiritual interpretation you must be an enlightenment from Christ. It must be empowered by the Holy Ghost for us to understand Scripture because it's just nonsense if you don't. If you don't have the Holy Ghost working in your life, you are not going to understand Scripture. Now, verse 46, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it is 
Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Notice where it begins. Jerusalem. Where were, where were they commanded to stay? Jerusalem. And he's giving them the importance and the direction of what is to happen underneath his authority. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Here we have the first account written by Luke telling what Christ had given them to do and the ascension again. But one thing I really, really hope that we can convey in this is that Christ did not leave it to speculation as to what was trans to transpire. He gave them specific instructions. You see, we as disciples of Christ, and that word, I'm not referring to the denomination. What I'm referring to very simply is a disciple is a learner, and we sit at the feet of Christ. And so we are, as individuals, to learn from Christ. He is our king. He rules and reigns. And if he did not have the authority to do so, it would not be explicitly spelled out for us. Now, let me take you into the book of Ephesians really quick here. And I'm doing this because it's not written by Luke. Let's turn right here to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to take you to verses 15 through 23. Or excuse me, Ephesians 1, 15 through 22. And it says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now you say, well, that doesn't talk anything about the ascension. You're right. But it talks about the reconciliation of Christ, the reconciliation that he did, the purpose of. Remember, we read the Great Commission. We were to go forth into all the world, baptizing, teaching, making disciples, why? Because we have access by one Spirit. We have been grown together, grafted together, empowered by the Holy Ghost for the purpose of the discipling of people 
to come into the fold. And also, the other instruction that Christ gave, if we turn back into Acts chapter 1, and look at what he said back here in Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 7. Uh, actually, let's go to verse 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Look, Christ is setting up the tools and the people for his reign while he is seated at the right hand, the power given unto him. We as the people here on earth are to be the witness, the one testifying, giving the account of that as we do so, people bear record of who Christ is. Brothers and sisters, my friends in Christ, that is establishing the dominion, the rule and reign of the one true living God. Without the witnesses, without a witness, then it is just a story. In a court of law, you have to have witnesses. And if you have more than one witness of an account, it adds to the credibility and validity of something. We have millions of brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because of the faithful witness. My friends, this is just an introduction into the session. This is a not a complex subject, but it is a lengthy subject because of everything that it entails. I want you to stick with me as we go over this subject. Because when we grasp the very fact that we serve the risen king who has the authority and has given the directive to his followers of what it is they are to do, we have the assurance, the right, the might of the king behind us. And as you go forward today and as you walk in the light of Jesus Christ, you should not be wondering... What's next? What do I have to do? Well, what's, what's going on? I'm so afraid. No, do not be afraid. You serve a risen God. You serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You serve the one who died for you. And my friends, this subject is permeated clear through the New Testament by, the, by Paul. I want you to really quick, before I run out of time... I want to get into Psalm 110. You say, oh, Psalm 110? Well, aren't we talking about the ascension? Well, we are. We're also talking about the session. But would you believe if I told you that this is recorded? It's prophesied? Let me give you a little further assurance on how we know. Listen to this. Psalm 110. This talks about the priesthood and the conquest and the passion of Christ. The Lord said unto my Lord, now hear this next word, hear the next statement. This is important. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. 
The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings in the days of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head, the living water, the footstool, the dominion of Christ. My friends, that is a psalm of David with the Father speaking, proclaiming, causing a prophecy, a messianic prophecy about the authority of Christ, sitting at the right hand. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And the Bible tells us that the last enemy to be conquered is death. My friends, we have no fear of death. We have no fear of anything. Why? Because we serve the living King the one who is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ruling and reigning, because court is in session. And you shall see this. You'll see this as we go along. But do you see, are you encouraged that even back in the Psalms, in Psalm 110, a very clear prophecy, a messianic prophecy about the authority of the living Christ, who is ruling and reigning and expressing his authority, giving us dominion in life, giving us dominion, the right, the power, the ability to proclaim the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel simply means the good news. Now, Before we progress any further, let me try and encourage you about something. The thing I really want to encourage you about today is the assurance of your salvation. When you have believed on Jesus Christ and you have professed Him as your Lord and your Savior and have surrendered yourself to the work of the cross, you are saved. But guess what? That's where the work begins because now you are called to be a disciple of the living God. And as you are his disciple, you must get to work. And with that, I want to invite you to come to our service later today. It starts at 1030. We're located at 1320 West Nolana Avenue in McAllen, Texas. Come and find us. Come and fellowship with us. Come and let us hear your testimony. Let's hear about how God is moving in your life, how he has changed you for his glory. Send us an email. Go to ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. We have a link right there. You can send us an email. We have a link to our podcast. We have a link to our Facebook account. And if you want to help support this ministry, you can do so. We have an app right there on Facebook, and we also have one on our website where you can feel free to give a tax-deductible donation. It's completely secure, and we'd love to hear from you. We will respond if you send us an email. So I want to again invite you to come on down. We would love to meet you. May God bless you. May God keep you. May He enrich you. 
and enlarge you as you walk forward in the full assurance of the living, reigning King, Jesus the Christ. Thank you. Have a great day.